Good morning, Tejas. Welcome to your premier alternative news solution. I am Jake Ramirez. I will be bringing you daily news Monday through Friday. I'm hoping to curate news for Texans by a born and raised Texan. Today is Wednesday, December 11th. It's hump day, halfway through the week. Before we begin, please go ahead and give us a subscribe so I can keep you up to date on all your daily Texas news. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or for even more updates and news. Today in Texas history, on this day in 1737, Cabellos Colorados, or Red Hair, a Lipan Apache chief, was captured by Spanish forces. When the Spanish founded San Antonio in 1718, the Apaches had discovered a convenient, accessible location at which to stage raids against their European enemies. Little is known about Cabellos Colorados, but it appears to be in the Spanish records on a number of occasions as he's harassed settlements. He figured prominently in a raid in San Antonio in 1731, and in 1734, his band seized two citizens in, in a raid. He stole horses from San Francisco de la Esparda Mission and killed Native Americans from the missions of San Juan Capistrano and Nuestra Señoreta del Prasimo Concepcion del Acuna. Gosh, that was a mouthful. After numerous raids in 1736 and 1737, he was captured on December 11, 1737, and imprisoned in Bexar until October 1738, when he was sent as a prisoner to Mexico City. The Lipan Apache, which is the, the tribe that my family comes from, was recognized by the state of Texas only after a few hundred years. Um, the Lipan Apache tribe is a descendant American native tribe of the Confederate Eastern Apache bands that used to defend the homeland spanning from southern Great Plains to Gulf Mexico and which have had a long-standing existence in the vast area of Texas, which predates European settlements. The Lipan Apaches have entered into tra treaties, alliances, pledges of friendship with the governments of Spain, Mexico, and the German Confederation, and even the United States. When Anglo settlers came to Texas in the early 1800s, the Lipan people traded bison, venison, hides, pecans, and other staples with them, and in general, helped the newcomers adapt to Texas. In 1838, the president of Sam Houston and the Republic of Texas formally acknowledged a friendship with the tribe through the Treaty of Live Oak Point. Today, the Lipan Apache tribe is made up by the historical Lipan communities who have persisted in act in the Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, and the Big Bend region of West Texas, and by the remnants of other Lipan bands, all fused together as one tribal unit. The tribe is presented by a tribal government, the tribal council with the constitution and bylaws and is full voting member of the national congress of the american indians further due to a federal lawsuit by tribal council of vice chair uh, reverend robert soto the united states department of interior has acknowledged the religious and legal rights of more than 200 tribes tribal members to use eagle feathers in their ceremonial practices which with the, its headquarters in McAllen, Texas, the Lipan Apache tribe is led by the tribal council chairman, Bernard F. Bersinia Jr. They were actually, this year, in, it was signed in June. It was put put into to law in May, but it's now considered, it's recognized as one, as one of the actual tribes of the United States, which it hadn't been since 1737, which is nice to see. Now it's time for some Texas news. One person is dead after a cargo delivery plane crashed in Victoria County. According to the Victoria County Sheriff's Office, the, the crash happened near Bonham Road 
in the county inland from the central Texas Gulf Coast. The plane was headed to Houston when it turned around to return to Victoria and crashed around 8 p.m. Air traffic controllers lost radar and radio contact with the single-engine aircraft in the vicinity of Victoria, Texas around 8.16 p.m. We received reports from the area that the witnesses reported seeing an aircraft go down. We were also waiting on more details from the local law enforcement. In a statement attributed from the FAA, one man died, no one else was hurt. Deputies were also urging anyone who has seen or heard anything from the incident to contact them. It's not clear what led to the crash. Information about the identity of the man who died, the exact type of plane, and the cargo it was carrying has not been released. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. First, the plane mysteriously goes down with some mysterious cargo, probably some kind of biochemical weapon or bioengineered apes. Before we know it, the whole town's going to be full of zombies. Oh, wait. I'm in Victoria. I'm locking my doors tonight, that's for sure. Really weird, really bit of interesting news. Um, I woke up to this article and I was kind of like, huh, that sounds kind of weird. They don't really know much about it yet. I'm sure more news will come out about it here pretty soon. A new judge will consider if a Texas hospital can take a 10-month-old girl off life support despite her family's opposition after the impartiality of the previous judge was questioned. A temporary restraining order stopping Cook Children's Medical Center in Fort Worth from removing life-sustaining treatment for Tinsley Lewis was set to expire Tuesday. But after the removal last week of Tarrant County Juvenile Court Judge Alex Kim, a new hearing on the family's request for a temporary injunction will now be held Thursday in Fort Worth. Cook, Cook Children's spokesman Winnie King said the situation is hard all the way around. We have all the love, nothing more than that, to be able to help this little girl walk out of here. But there comes a point that there's in a point of time where we have to say we can't do anymore, and it, it's not making it any better. King added that as they await the hearing, Nothing will change Tinsley's care. She'll stay on intensive care until the hearing. And doctors had planned to remove Tinsley from life support November 10th after invoking Texas's 10-day rule, which can be employed when a family disagrees with doctors who say life-sustaining treatment should be stopped. The law stipulates that if the hospital's ethics committee agrees with the doctors, the treatment can be withdrawn after 10 days if the new provider can't be found to take on the patient. Judge Kim, who had issued the temporary restraining order on November 10th, was removed from the case December 4th after the hospital filed a motion questioning his impartiality and how he'd gotten the case. The hospital said that after taking the case, Kim spoke about it at an event hosted by the group that opposes the 10-day rule. The hospitals also said Kim bypassed the rules regarding random ass assignments when he designated himself to oversee the case. Kim did not immediately reply to the request for comment Tuesday. Texas's Right to Life, an anti-abortion group that opposes the 10-day rule, has been representative representing Tinsley's family. Spokeswoman Kimberly Schwartz said Tuesday that the judge Sandy Bryan Marion of Texas Fourth Court of Appeals has now been assigned to the case. Tinsley has been a Cook Children's it has been in Cook Children's Hospital since her premature birth. The hospital said that she's has a rare heart defect and suffers from chronic lung disease and several chronic high blood pressure diseases. The hospital said she hasn't been off the ventilator since going into respiratory arrest around early July, 
and requires full respiratory and cardiac support, deep sedation, and to be medically paralyzed. The hospital said the doctors believe she's suffering. Cook's Children's, said hosp- Cook's Children's Hospital officials have been talking to Tinsley's family for months about concerns for her long-term survivability. By August, the hospital said everyone on the girls' care team agreed further, further care would be futile at this point, and by September, they'd begin taking, talking to the family about ultimately withdrawing support. With the doctors and her family still unable to resolve their differences, the Ethics Committee met on October 30th and unanimously, unanimously decided further treatment was inappropriate. We know it's difficult for the families, King said, and it's hard for them to believe the medicine is limited, but we want to give it to them. Hospital officials said they're reaching out to more than 20 facilities to see if anyone would take her, but all agree further care is futile. Schwartz said her group has also been reaching out to facilities and they have hope one will be found, but need more time. We're still looking and feeling out new hospitals, Schwartz said. The case has become a rallying point for Republicans in recent weeks. At a news conference, Tinsley's family, GOP State Representative Tam Parker, said the law doesn't fit Texas values. And the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, also said, has also stated he opposes the law. But supporters of the 20-year-old law include Texas Alliance for Life, a group that opposes abortion except to save a mother's life and also opposes euthanasia. John Pojeman, the group's executive director, has said the law balances the family's autonomy with the doctor's rights to not give interventions that cause harm or suffering. This is a really tough article. I actually took probably three or four takes on recording this because it made me a little emotional. This is a really tough situation for not only the doctors, but also the family. The family on one hand, they really want to give every bit of hope and an ounce of hope that this little girl is going to survive. The doctors don't want her to suffer. It's been 10 months, 10 months on life support. She's not, she's not awake. She's sedated. It's hard for me to imagine what that looks like, what that feels like for the family. Uh, My heart goes out to them. I don't want to see this little girl suffer either. So I don't really know what to say about this. It's just one of those really tough decisions, and I understand where everybody's coming from about wanting to keep her on life support and wanting to take her off so she stops suffering. I'm definitely praying for the family, praying for the doctors. This can't be easy for anybody. It can't be easy for any family, in my opinion. Overcoming poverty and abandonment, a Texas woman is running for judge. Her name is Maggie Ellis. And while she is an attorney and is familiar with the politics of the justice system, she wants to do more. This time, she wants to make a difference by getting elected as judge. If she wins, she could end up making history. Attorney Maggie Ellis, running for the 200th Civil Civil District Court judge, overcame parent abandonment and poverty and needs to win the March 2020 primary to advance. Growing up, I was very ashamed of my childhood, she said. We were very transient. I went to nine elementary schools all over the place, said Ellis. Ellis and her sister were abandoned by their mother and lived through a brief period of homelessness. The little angel, my baby sister, who has also been my daughter for the last 30 years, Ellis said, leafing through her photo album. Ellis also maintained a desire for better outcome and aspirations for public service never wavered. It took me 16 years to work my way through college. I graduated from UT with a degree in education, then worked as a teacher. I volunteered a lot. I was a foster mom. Then I decided I wanted to help kids and their families who were like me, she said. 
As a Travis County attorney, Ellis understands the, the justice system and how it operates and it affects people. I've handled over 2,000 cases in the civil courts. I have a lot of courtroom experience, she said. To her, perhaps the most valuable asset didn't come from her law degree, but from her real-life experience. You talk to a, about 22 years old and being a single mom with an infant and a two-year-old and raising my baby sister all by myself and really struggling and trying to get through high school and putting myself through college and saying, you're going to do it. Just keep working and don't give up. You're going to do it, she said. Ellis is running for the 200th Civil District Court, which currently presided by Honorable Judge Dustin Howell. Before facing anyone in the Republican side, she will have to out overcome the top of the pride. She have to overcome the primary by next year. She should win, Ellis says. She stands to become the first openly lesbian judge and the first person to have experienced homelessness as a judge. Times are changing. This woman is a prime example of never giving up. She's fought through her hard trivials of life. And I hope she wins. I think that having people that come from backgrounds like this definitely helps our judicial system, especially here in Texas. It has a, they have a wider scope of reality. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of this. A federal judge on Wednesday blocked President Donald Trump from using the Defense Department's funds for the construction of a border wall. Judge David Briones of the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Texas ruled in favor of the El Paso County, Texas and Border Network for Human Rights, which had agreed to Trump's national emergency declaration using billions in Pentagon funds for a wall was an overreach. The plaintiffs also accused the White House of using the funds for a situation that has not really met the bar of an emergency under the National Emergencies Act. The president's emergency proclamation was a blatant attempt to grab power from Congress. Today's order affirms that the president is not a king and other courts are willing to check him when it oversteps his bounds. Christy Parker, counsel, of the Pro counsel for Protect Democracy, a nonpartisan nonprofit, which represents plaintiffs, said in a statement, Briones, a Clinton appointee, had previously ruled the county could bring the case because they had suffered reputable harm as a result of the fund's division. After due consideration, the court is of the opinion that a declaration, judgment, and permanent injunction shall be granted in plaintiff's favor. Congressional Democrats hailed the ruling Tuesday night. Senator Minority Leader Charles Schumer Democrat New York said the ruling confirms that the president's national emergency declaration to steal funds from the military families to build a wall he promised Mexico would pay for us is an outrageous power grab by the president who refuses to respect the constitutional separation of powers. This injunction is a win for the rule of law and should serve as a warning to Republicans in Congress and the Trump administration that power is not from your purse. Given exclusively to Congress by the Constitution cannot be Usurped, he added in a statement. Briones's ruling does not apply to other funds that have been designated for the wall construction, including counter drug and treasury forfeiture funds. He wrote in his ruling that the court will rule on how broad the injunction could be after the hearing for additional briefing on the issue. Again, I think y'all are gonna you're gonna know that I have a huge amount of opinions on this subject, and I'm I'm in agreement that this building of the wall is a huge waste of money. Um, we have to follow the law. Just because you're a president doesn't mean that you are above the law, and that's one of what they're the statement that they're making with this. Taking funds from the military to build a wall 
seems like a step backwards when we could have used our military to stop what's happening in Mexico where we wouldn't need a wall. I've said that again. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've lived on the border in multiple towns. Some of them are bad. Some of them are amazing. Um, I'm, I'm glad this is being addressed in the way that it is lawfully, and I'm glad that th- this is being shut down. Don't California My Texas has become something of a political rallying cry. Now, I've joked about this all week. I know I have. But this is one of those articles that I just I read and I was like, wow, this is it's some of it has some truth to it, but some of them some of it's misunderstood. Yes, tons of Californians are moving to Texas. They're moving at a, a rapid rate, but they're enthusiastic about moving to Texas, which is one of the things that these articles don't really don't really see. What these articles usually say is, oh, these Californians are coming in and they're largely liberal and they're going to encroach on our our own republic, which is not true. Most of these people are moving here knowing that we're not necessarily a liberal state. But the people that think that we're not a liberal state are much, much older in, in our generation. Texas is way more liberal than it was in the 80s and the 90s. Back in the 80s and 90s, you couldn't get a, a job if you had tattoos. Now all of our police officers in Texas basically have sleeves. Those Californians aren't coming here to try and change Texas. The Californians are coming in here because they want a better life than they have in California. And who are we to stop them? This is one of those situations where we should be welcoming these people and showing them what, what it's like to live in Texas. This year alone, 564,000 people have moved to the Lone Star State from California. That's a huge number. These people aren't bad. They just don't want to fall in the ocean. So it's one of the things that these articles, they don't really mean a lot because they don't really, they don't really see what the California people are. And they're basically just like Texas. They have a little bit of different views, but it's not like they're going to change Texas. If anything, we're going to change them. time for a good old texas tradition here's today's weather report cloudy day in houston with a high of 61 and a low of 43 san antonio is going to have a high of 62 and a low of 39 beautiful day in dallas today with a high of 56 and a low of 36 sunny day in austin with a high of 61 and a low of 38 mostly cloudy in el paso today with a high of 56 and a low of 38 partly cloudy in brownsville with a high of 65 and a low of 51 Today in Victoria, we have some partly cloudy skies with a high of 62 and a low of 41. And Plashes is mostly sunny with a high of 61 and a low of 44. Again, if I've missed your region of Texas, shoot me a message and I'll be glad to add it to my weather report. Other than that, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. I really hope that you subscribe so you can continue down this path of Texas news. Until tomorrow, have a great day, Texas. Mm-hmm.